passion and a burden for the loss as well as we all should. Can we say amen? Amen. Thank you for being in the house, O oh Lord, today. I want to thank Matt. Happy birthday, Matt. I think Jess said he turned like 65 today or something like that. Amen. He's celebrating his birthday here at the house of prayer. Thank you for being here. Amen. And thank you for everyone who walks obedient to the Holy Ghost. I believe that we will sometimes only know in eternity the impact we have on this earth and situations like that. Amen. Sometimes I get to hear the long-term effects. That man may end up going home to Columbus, finding an apostolic church, and getting filled with the Holy Ghost, and it started here in Somerset, Pennsylvania. Amen. Let me share a story with you just in case you think Pastor Jason is crazy. There was a backslidden, this is a true story, backslidden apostolic man got drafted into the army. He goes to Vietnam. He's over in Vietnam. He's months in. He's in the middle of a combat situation up on a hill in the middle of the night. As he's up there fighting the enemy, his mom feels an urgent burden to pray for her son. She starts praying. As she is praying, they're under intense fire, so heavy that nobody will fly helicopters in to rescue the soldiers. Finally, one pilot decides he's going to go in and rescue the soldiers that are pinned on this hilltop. So he flies in, rescues them. He ends up living through the rest of the war, comes back to the United States, rededicates his heart to the Lord, begins living for God, and God calls him into ministry. This man is a United Pentecostal preacher. He was up a few years later in Chicago preaching. He shares the story that very night. I am stuck in the middle of this battle. At the same time, God wakes my mom up. She's back home praying. Miracle happens. This guy flies a helicopter in, rescues all of us. Without a man stands up on the back, the seat comes down, tears streaming down his face. Said, I remember that night I was the pilot and he ended up getting saved. You see how God connects things? You think all you may be doing is praying for a man in the parking lot of McDonald's and God said, no, that's the first step on his road to salvation. We just got to be obedient and follow the Lord, trust God with the details, and God's going to work it all out. Can we say amen? amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I hope pastor preaches half as good as Owen. I believe it was Ferdinand Magellan that said something along these lines. The sea is dangerous and rough with many varied ways to die. However, that is not sufficient reason to stay ashore. So if you have your Bibles with that in mind, can we go to Numbers chapter 13? I want to read verse 31 to 33. We all know and are familiar with God delivering Israel from Egyptian bondage. And we're very familiar that they came out of Egyptian bondage. They came to the promised land and they gave a negative report. Well, most of us don't realize they were just a few days to a few weeks into that journey when they came to the promised land. And so that's where we're at right now in Numbers 13 and 31. The Bible says... But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now these are children of God speaking this. I want you to understand as I begin to preach. These are men that have seen God bring the plagues to Egypt. 
They have witnessed the Red Sea closing in on the greatest army of the time. They have seen God's deliverance tenfold. And now their excuse is they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we are going to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there, were, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Can we bow our heads and pray? Lord Jesus, I pray that we will not see ourselves the way the devil sees us, but may we see ourselves the way you see us, God. And Lord, may we see the land that you have set before us and recognize that it is a land of promise and not a land of problems. And God, I pray that we will step into this land of giants, God, that we may receive everything you have for us, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'm going to grind his bones to make my bread. I am sure you have said that poem to your children. Maybe you had to recite it at school. Those are the famous and the iconic lines from this giant in the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. Now, you might wonder why pastor would choose a nursery rhyme to open out a sermon when he could just go right into preaching about giants. Well, I think because that nursery rhyme, Brother Dustin, really adequately encapsulates our understanding of giants. We have in our understanding this idea that giants are bigger than us, and they are. And that they're going to try to kill us, and not just kill us, Brother Owen, they're going to grind our bones to make their bread. They're going to not just kill us, Brother Seth. They're going to completely destroy us and wipe out all memory of who we are. Yes, the giants desire to kill, steal, and destroy. And we understand from just normal nature that giants are towering, powerful people. And they have instilled fear in the hearts of people for thousands of years, and rightly so, because by their sheer size... They're intimidating. By their sheer size, they put fear inside of us. If we could just be open and honest and put away our masculinity for one second, most of us would be scared if we would have to fight Brother Tree. We don't call him a tree because he's a sapling. We call him Brother Tree because he's like 8 foot 10. And so the size we look at, Brother Jim, and any time we see something that is bigger than us, we always begin to think in terms of what we are able to do. Well, he's six foot six, I'm six foot, his arms are the size of tree trunks, mine are the size of saplings. The best situation to do right now is to run as fast as I can. And then trip Brother Owen so Brother Tree finds him first. And so that's how we think through our encounters with giants. Rarely, rarely do we think of Brother Giants, Brother Jim, and think of the victory. Let me preach to you. Brother Owen, when we think of giants, we automatically start planning the defeat. Well, this is how I'm going to run. 
This is what I'm going to do. This is how scared I'm going to be. We are intimidated by their size. They bellow out just like Goliath did, just like the giant did in this story, how they're going to grind our bones to make their bread. The problem with giants is that they plan sounds good until they run into a man named Jack. You see, Jack had his mind made up. He wasn't going to be the giant's next victim. The giant roared, the giant raged until he ran into Jack the giant killer. Then suddenly everything began to change. I want you to hear what the Lord has spoken to me this week for this church. I believe God is raising up men and women in this congregation who are going to be giant killers in this city who are going to shut up the mouth of hell and every single devil who likes to lie and run down and destroy and bellow and how the devil likes to tell people you're never going to be delivered, you're never going to be set free, you're never going to stop sinning, that addiction's never going to be broke. You see, that's what the giants do. They loom over your head and they loom over your shoulders and they tell you what God is not going to do. But God is raising up a generation that are going to step forth and clear the land of the giants so that we may see the victory that God has for this city. And it starts when we make our mind up. I'm done listening to the giant. Now long before the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk, there were giants in the Bible. Now I know you all think I'm going to preach about Goliath today, but I'm not. And here's the reason I'm not, Brother Jim. I could have. But I want you to know there's more giants than just Goliath in the Bible. You see, sometimes we think if we knock down one giant, then the battle is over. But you see, the Bible had a slew of giants in them. Matter of fact, Anakim is one of the six words that's used to describe giants in the Bible. The Anakim were descendants of a man named Anak. And according to the Old Testament, the Anakim lived in the southern part of the land of Canaan near Hebron. In Genesis 14, 5-6 state that they inhabited a region later known as Edom during the days of Abraham. It was their formidable appearance, their size, their strength, their stature, as described by the twelve spies that we read about in Numbers 13, that put terror and fear into a generation of the children of Israel and stopped them from progressing into the promised land. But that was Numbers 13. Now I want you to go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 3. We are now 40 years later, Brother Seth. A lot has happened in the past 40 years. 40 years has gone by since the giants of the land filled the hearts of Israel's warriors with fear. And now the nation is moving once again towards the promised land. Things are different. Things are different at this point, Brother Seth, because the the doubters have all died off. Things are different, Brother Owen, because those who chose fear over faith is now gone. A new generation of men have stepped up to the challenge to advance and pursue after God's destiny for them. And in Deuteronomy chapter 2, these new young men of faith and young women of faith, they battled against the Amorite king Sihon. And the Bible says God brought a great victory as they were walking towards that destiny and the promised land. And so now we pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 3. It says, Then we turned and went up the way to Bashan. 
And Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us. He and all his people to battle at Edrai. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and his land into thy hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sihon the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people. And we smote him even until none was left to him remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them. Three score cities, all the regions of Argob, the king of, Bash- the king of Og and Bashan. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates and bars being unwalled towns, a great many. And we utterly destroyed them, as we did unto Sihon king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the cattle and the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. And we took at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites, the land that was on this side Jordan from the river of Arnon unto Mount Hermon, which Hermon the Sidonians called Syrian and the Amorites called Shinar. All the cities of the plains and all of Gilead and all Bashan unto Salca and Edri, cities of the king of Og and Bashan, for only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. It is not in Rabath of the children of Ammon. Nine cubits, which is thirteen feet, was the length thereof, and four, which is six, were the cubits of the breadth thereof, of the cubit of a man. And this land which we possessed at the time from Ariar, which is by the river Arnon, and half Mount Gilead, and the cities thereof, gave I unto the Reubenites and to the Gadites. And I love verse 13. And the rest of Gilead and all of Bashan, being the kingdom of Av, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of giants. Verse 22, You shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, He shall fight for you. For a few moments this morning, I want to preach to you about the land of giants. As I said in Numbers chapter 13, the children of Israel had come out of Egyptian bondage, and they come to the promised land, and as they go in to receive the land of milk and honey, as they go in to receive the promises of God, they see giants in the land, and the giants fill them with fear, and they forget the promises of God, and so they walk away, and they are content, Brother Kevin, to wander in the wilderness 40 years, missing everything that God had in store for them. And the only reason they did it, Brother Chance, is because there were giants in the land. Oh, it's going to be difficult. Well, you've got to understand, Moses... We look like grasshoppers. They're so big, their arms are so massive, their legs are like tree trunks. Uh, and, and they said, fee fi fo fum And the moment they said that, it put fear down inside of us. We were scared to death. And so we would rather, let me preach to you, we would rather wander through the wilderness for 40 years uh, than to cross the Jordan and have to fight the giants. And so God said, fine, if that's what you want, 
Go ahead. And for 40 years, Brother Tree, they wandered in the wilderness so all the doubters and all the fearful died off. But there was two men, Joshua and Caleb, who said, I don't care how big the giants are. I don't care how many they are. I don't care if their arms are 40 inches in diameter. We serve a God who just brought us out of Egyptian bondage. We can go in. And so something different has changed now. Now as we come 40 years later, Joshua and Caleb are not one of the 12, but now they are leaders in the nation of Israel. And because the doubters have died off and the men of faith have remained, now there's an army who knows there's giants in the land and they've got their swords out of the sheath and they've got their shield in their hand and they're saying, let's go forward and let's conquer everything that God said that can and should be ours. And so they begin advancing on the promised land. And as they get closer, the first battle erupts with Sihon, the king of the Amorites. And if you read Deuteronomy chapter 2, God brought a great victory. And everything looks good. Then the Bible opens the next verse. Brother Jim and said, Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us. You see, they're advancing towards the promise. I want you to get this right here. They're stepping towards the destiny that God has for them. And brother Kevin, without provocation, without invitation to battle, suddenly Og, this giant, this man that is sleeping on a 13 foot bed by 6 foot bed he said oh you're coming towards me and they didn't ask to fight they did not put the battle in array but once this giant seen the children of Israel moving towards the promised land he stepped up and said I'm going to come out against them can I tell you right now in the Holy Ghost I don't feel like it is an accident that this giant set his kingdom up and became a king of a kingdom on the threshold of the promised land. It was almost like the devil saying, I know what kept you out the first time, and this time I'm not even going to let you go in. I'm going to put a giant on that side of the border. That way you don't even cross Jordan. Can I tell somebody the devil has a plan, and that plan is to steal, kill, and destroy everything God has promised you? Yes, there's going to be giants in the land. Yes, they're going to be big. Yes, they're going to be strong. And they're going to plant themselves right on the border of your promise and right on the border of your inheritance. And when it all comes out to battle, it's not time to run away. It's not time to give up. And it's not time to quit. If Og wants to fight, then we've got to be willing to step on the battlefield by faith and go to war for the promise that God has given given us I get such faith in reading this story. Uh, one generation ran from the battle. Uh, and it's like the other generation said, I don't care how many giants is in the land. Uh, there's going to be a change. Uh, something's going to be different this time. Uh, because I'm tired of wondering. Uh, and I want to receive uh, what God has. Here the giant stands on the very threshold of the promise. You see, the devil likes to position giants in the path of your promise. Let me preach to you. There Og was with his massive size, his massive army. 
the remnant of the giant. He's the last one left from his, from his ancestors. And there he is standing between Israel and their promise. Hear me right now. If God gave you the promise, God also gave you the giant. And there's no reason to turn around and run. Let me say it again. If God told you you was going to the promised land, he also gave you every giant who was standing between you and the promised land. There's no reason to fear if God said he's going to do it. You could rest well assured it is going to happen. We've got to learn to trust God that God knows how to handle giants. You see, that's why the Bible tells us in verse 22, do not fear. I am with you. I don't know how to handle giants. I don't know how to win against them, but I serve a God who knows how to go against Og, and he knows how to go against Bashan, and he knows how to go against the Anakim. God knows how to tear down the giants, and if we can step by faith and not run by fear, we will see what God is able to do. The Lord reminds Israel, and He had to remind them multiple times, don't fear. Now, I I love what the Lord says here, Brother Chrissy, because it shows the difference between the way we think and the way God thinks. Sihon is just a normal man. Brother Chris, would you come here for a second? I think you're rather normal. I apologize if you're not. (laughs) Brother Chris is normal size, normal height, probably too skinny for the normal man, but he's normal. If you would have to go out to fight him, you would would not put a lot of fear. It's like, well, he's about the same size as me. You know, it's 50-50 what's going to happen here. And there wouldn't be a lot of fear because he's normal. Now, if you're facing a giant that is 13 foot tall, and he's got to sleep in a 6 foot wide bed, and you're looking at that guy, you're going to start thinking a little bit different. Well, it's okay to fight Chris, but this guy over here, that's a different story. But did you catch what God said in Deuteronomy chapter 3? He said, oh, by the way, I'm going to do to Og the same thing I did to Sihon. I'll let it sink in for a moment. You're all scared about this guy over here because he's so big. He said, I don't see him any different than I see this man over here. God is trying to tell somebody, I'm not afraid of anything you're facing. He's not afraid of any sickness you're battling with. He's not afraid of a $345,000 church mortgage. He's not afraid of you getting laid off. He's not afraid of the heart problems you're having. He's not afraid of the rheumatoid arthritis you've been diagnosed with. We look and say, well, God can do this to Sihon, but you don't know about all. I'm here to tell somebody, we serve a God who kills John every day of the week and if we can learn to trust in God and believe Him God will do to Og just like He did to Sihon God is able to heal God is able to deliver God is able to set free we must trust that God is able to do it we believe God I'm just going to preach to you for a little while here this morning we believe God for headaches but we don't believe God for cancer Oh, well, that's Sihon. I mean, God, God could take care of headaches. That's not that hard. But this, this is stage four. Can I tell you, God is able to heal the cancer just as quick as He heals the headache. 
God is able to pay off a thousand dollar mortgage just as quick as he could pay off a million dollar mortgage. You see, we don't need to look and tell God, well, this is small and this is big. We serve a God who is so massive. Everything is small to God. Let me say it again. Everything is small to God. Can I remind someone heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. There's nothing big to him. There's nothing massive. There's nothing too far gone. We serve a God who is able. Now we just got to step by faith and look at that giant and say, your size does not intimidate me. Your girth does not intimidate me. I don't see you any different than I see Sihon that God already gave us the victory over. Verse 3 says, the Lord our God delivered into our hand all also the king of Bashan and all his people. And we smote him until none was left to him remaining. I love this part. Brother Seth, we took all his cities at that time. Brother Chance, we took all his cities. We didn't leave one undone. We took everything that the enemy brought against us. Can I just preach for a little while this morning? Let the giants bellow, Brother Owen. Let the giants tell us that you're not going to pay the mortgage off and you'll never have a revival where 100 people get the Holy Ghost and you'll never baptize 52 people in a year. Let the giants bellow all they want. When our faith gets big enough, we will take down the giants of this city and not only will we take this city, we will take all the giants city. We will take Somerset and we will take Confluence and we will take Ligonier and we will take Bedford and we will take Johnstown and when we have conquered those cities for the gospel we'll take it down the next giant because it's the promise of God this is not to be a land of giants this is to be a land of the gospel that's dedicated to God's kingdom where souls are one for Jesus I love verse 13 and don't worry I'm not going to preach long I love verse 13 Listen to what the Bible says here. And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of Og, gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh. All the region of Argob with all Bashan, which was called the land of giants. Brother Seth, which was? Now I hate grammar. If you've listened to me preach long enough, you know I butcher the king's English as much as I can. I hate it. But I do know past tense. Was means it formerly was. It not currently is. See? See how good my grammar is? It not currently is. Write that down, first graders. You'll do good on your next grammar test. It means it no longer belongs to him. Listen to what God is saying here. This was known as the land of giants. But you see, this is not known as the land of giants anymore because the last remaining giant has been killed. He said, this is now belonging to the half-tribe of Manasseh. In other words, God is saying, deeds have changed hands. This is no longer the soil of the enemy. This land now belongs to the children of God. It's not the land of giants. Can you hear me preach right now? I believe in the Holy Ghost that it's time for the deed 
in this city uh, to change hands from the strongholds uh, and the giants uh, and to come into the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, I'm tired uh, of having church uh, in the land of giants. Uh, I'm tired uh, of having revival in the land of giants. Uh, It's time for Somerset uh, to belong to the house of prayer in God's kingdom. Uh, Let's kill the giants. Uh, Let's rid the land of every stronghold uh, the enemy has ever built in this city. Uh, It can't happen uh, if we will step uh, by faith. Yes, it may be a land of giants right now, but it doesn't have to be if we just get a generation of men and women that says, I'm tired of feet five foot firm. I'm tired of the intimidation. I'm tired of the trash talking. Let's turn this city upside down by the gospel and take it for Jesus. The giant is no reason to cower in fear, Brother Owen. It's no reason to forget the promises of God. So let me ask you a really pointed question this morning. What does your giant look like? Your giant will be different than mine. Because if you have a giant, and I know you do, he's positioned himself, Brother Owen, right, Brother Chance, right between you and the promise. He's standing there, Brother Owen, telling you, no, you're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. God's never going to heal you. God's never going to save your daughter. He's never going to save your son. God's never going to deliver you from these spirits that you're battling with. And there the giant has planted his feet down. You can live with that giant if you want to. You can, Brother Owen. If you want to live with that giant, you can. Or you can just get so fed up that you kill the giant. And I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost a word from God. Uh, you have lived with the giant uh, so long that the devil, uh, the devil's there. He knows your address. Uh, you've put him up a bed in your house uh, and you've got a 13 foot, 6 foot wide bed uh, where your giant camps down the side of your house every night. Uh, it's time to evict the giant from your house, uh, from your heart uh, and get him out of the land. Uh, Brother Owen, you don't need to live with giants. Uh, I'm telling you that by the Lord right now. Uh, Brother Chance, you don't need to live with giants. Brother Greg, you don't need to live with giants. Brother Tree, you don't need to live with giants. Brother Damien, you don't need to live with giants. Brother Toto, you don't need to live with giants. Brother Jason, you don't need to live with giants. I know the giant is saying, this is my house. This is my land. No, this is my promise. This is my destiny. This is my calling. This is my healing. This is my deliverance. This is what God told me he is going to do. You don't need to live with giants. God has given you the power to kill the giants. It's time for Somerset, Pennsylvania to be the land of giants no more. It's time to change the story. Let me preach to you right now. The Upton family, we've had giants in my ancestry. uh, And they have loomed over me and they have told me for years uh, what they're going to do with me. Uh, It's time to kill the giant out of my family. Brother Seth, you've had giants. Uh, It's time to kill the giant. Uh, This is the land of giants no more. Uh, No, this is my destiny. Uh, This is my promise. Uh, At some point, uh, we've got to get sick and tired uh, of letting the devil do what he wants uh, and receive the victory that God has. We know about David the giant killer. I'm going to close here in just a moment. We know about David the giant killer, but we often forget that giant killing. Brother Jim was a family business. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost strong right now. We all know about David being the giant killer, but we forget that it became a family business. 2 Samuel 21 and 20, there was again war at Gath. That's where Goliath came from. 
where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 numbered. He also was descended from the giants. And when he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimei, David's brother, struck him down. He killed him. You see, the same brothers who were cowering in fear when they heard Goliath war and rage, seen their little brother David step out on the battlefield. And they said, well, you can't do that. That armor's not tried. You've got to be crazy. Just go back. They seen little brother David do it. And now a little while later, here's one of David's brother, and a giant steps out of the field. And I could just hear Johnson, I see my brother do it. And the same God my brother has is the same God I have. And I, I let Goliath taunt me. I let Goliath run me down. And I'm not allowed to let it happen again. And so Jonathan stepped out on the battlefield and the Bible said he killed that giant and he was done taunting Israel. I want you to close your eyes with me. I feel a strong presence of the Lord in this place. I've got a lot more notes, but I'm done preaching because I feel a work in this house right now. Where's the Jonathans at? I know there's some Davids in this house. I know there's some Joshuas in this house. I know there's some Jonathans in this house. Daddies, if you've killed some giants, why don't you get the hands of your son and bring them up to this altar and pray with them that the giant's killing spirit that David had with the Jonathan, that that giant killing spirit will go from you to your son. Mommies, why don't you get the hands of your daughters and bring them to this altar? That way the giant killing spirit that God put on you will pass on to the next generation. Church, they're giants in the land. Oh, hear me right now. There's giants in this city. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost strong right now. There are giants in Somerset. There's giants in Confluence. There's giants in Marsdale. There's giants in Berlin. There's giants in Connorsville. We won't take this city without killing the giants. They're here, but they don't need to be any longer. I feel the Holy Ghost. They're here. There's a giant of addiction in this city. There's a giant of depression in this city. There's giants of all kinds of sin in this city. There's giants of immorality in this city. The giants are here. Do we have any giant killers? The giants are here. Do we have any Davids? Do we have any Jonathans? Do we have any Joshuas? He will step into the land of giants and make it the land of giants no more. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost strong in this place. I feel it strong in this house. Go ahead, get a hold of the Lord. God is raising up a generation. A generation that's going to kill the giants. A generation that will turn this city upside down. That's it. That's it. That's it right now. Kill the giant. Kill the giant. Kill the giant. Free the land. Free the land of the giant. Free the land of the giant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, Jesus. God, raise up a generation of giant killers. God, raise up a generation of giant killers. Oh, yes, Lord. No, yes, Lord. Come on, I feel a generation of giant killers being anointed right now in this place. That's it, Daddy. Pray for your son. That's it, Mommies. Pray for your daughters. I feel a generation being anointed. I feel a generation being anointed in this place. That's it, kill Og. That's it, kill the giant. Kill the giant. Kill the giant this day. Can do all things. Yes, you can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. Yes, you can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. And I know, I know, you never will. Miracles when you move. Such an easy thing for you to do. Your hands is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. Your voice is calling me out. And right now, I know you're able. And my God, come through again. You can do all things. You can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all things. Yes, you can do all things but fail. Cause you never lost a battle. No, you never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never Everything's possible 
by the power of the Holy Ghost, a new wind is blowing right now, breaking my heart of stone, taking over like it's Jericho, my walls are all crashing down, and right now, I know you're able, and my God, come through again, you can do all things, you can do all things, boy, fail, cause you never lost a battle, no, you never lost a battle, I know, I know, you never will you can do all things yes you can do all things but fail cause you never lost a battle no you never lost a battle i know i know you never will you never lost a battle Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. You never will. You never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Oh, you never will. Oh, you never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. That's in house of prayer. I see dead giants across this sanctuary. You can don't do stop battling. I see dead giants across you this sanctuary. Let's make this city covered with dead giants. Let's make this city covered with Never lost a battle. I know, I know, you never will. You can do all. can do all things but fail cause you never lost a battle no you never lost a battle I know I know you never I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over. I can shout now. I don't have to wait until the battle's over.